Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome to Headliners, the least boring newspaper review show on the telly. I'm Andrew Doyle and I scoured high and low for the finest comedy minds the UK has to offer. Couldn't find any, so I've asked these two. It's Josh Howey and Leo Kurse. Let's take a look. Don't pretend to be insulted, Josh. It's Let's a very take a look. Self-deprecating start. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not self-deprecating. Andrew's deprecating. I'm deprecating yeah. you. It's yeah. not self-deprecating. I'm picking myself up. But also, the by least contrast. boring. Yeah. Like, well, come on, man. Well, this, this, this is exciting sorry, news. Yeah, this, sorry, exciting news. We're quite good at comedy. <laughs> Tell that to your audiences. Anyway, let's have a look at tomorrow's front pages. We start with the Daily Telegraph has trust no windfall tax on energy companies. Front page of the Independent has water firms miss own targets on cutting leaks. And only one of 17 companies hits mark over household wastage. On to Friday's Guardian now, they run with a drought alert. New rules on way as climate crisis bites. There's a lot of drought talk. We're going to be talking about that in a wee while. Friday's Financial Times has Bank of England warns Truss and Sunak not to interfere with city regulation. On to the front of Friday's Mirror now. They go with millions living in fear of price rises, warning of 5,000 a year bills. Yet Tories and energy fat cats have no plan. And that big headline, clueless. Onto the front page of the Times now. Sunak plan to cancel out energy price rises and thinking too hard can cause a bad case of brain drain. Onto the Express. And they've got shocking new warning energy bills to hit 5,000. That seems to be going up every day, as far as I can see. And finally, the front of Friday's Daily Star has we're going to hell in a handcart, but crisis? What crisis? And those are your front covers. Well, seeing as how I've apparently offended the panel from the off, I thought, I thought you had thicker skin than that. I thought it was yeah. all about the oh, bands. No, no, you're having a go at my psoriasis. <laughs> you know, the psoriasis. Well, look, let's move on before it gets ugly. And it is getting ugly in here. We and now we're ugly. <laughs> Not calling you ugly, the situation, the... Oh, yeah. the awkwardness. Very, very literal-minded. Anything I say is now an insult. <laughs> it's impossible. We're going to kick off with Friday's Guardian, and this is the leading story there. And this is the drought, which appears to be covered on most of the front covers today mm. or tomorrow. Let me try and cover this in the least most boring way. <laughs> 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 to cover the drought story. So, uh, yes, England is likely to be, de to be declared officially in drought on Friday. What we're talking about is water restrictions, fire risks, farming, hardship. Uh, what it essentially also means is that the, the water companies can now start doing horse um, hosepipe bans by themselves. They don't need to wait for the government to do any of that stuff. Temperatures are likely to reach 36 degrees uh, in some place over the weekend. It's the driest nine-month period since 1976. Southeast England received less than 10% of its usual rainfall in July. So. Things are getting serious. Driest July since 1935. All this stuff is not going... And, and 
going back to those three things there, water restrictions, I mean, hose pipe bams and stuff, I know that's hard for people's gardens, but, you know, not cleaning people's cars, it's not the end of the world. Fire risks, they've done these, like, aerial shots of the country, and there just seems to be, it's just lots of sort of yellow. I mean, we've got this, uh, this photograph yeah. here as that's well. That's a fire, by the way. That, that is a fire. Other, that's a fire. To illustrate background. the fire risk. Yeah, and, uh, but, the, but the, one of the things I hadn't really appreciated until reading this article is the farming hardship, because mm. already what they're going to mean is it's threatening crop yields, raising the prospects of even higher food prices, um, and that's not what we need at the moment. This is bad news uh, generally. I'm just going to throw something in here from a... This was a tweet from Evolve Politics the other day, and they mm. pointed out that... Uh, Private water companies are leaking 1.1 trillion litres of water every year, which is enough to, uh, to fill 450,000 Olympic swimming pools. Would you now, use it for that, though? Um, I mean, I'm not, I don't think they're suggesting that would be the best usage of the water. Yeah, it seems are. ridiculous at this, this time to be worried about filling Olympic swimming pools. <laughs> I mean, look, they have a point, don't they? That, you know, why can't these people fix their pipes? Because that's what it's down to. Absolutely. They have leaky pipes. Well, and they have yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't, you wouldn't accept it from, a, from an oil company. If an oil company was leaking 1.6 trillion gallons or whatever of oil into, like, oh, well. into the soil. Yeah. <laughs> so there's obviously the technology there to, to make pipes that don't leak because we've got it with, with oil and with other, yeah. uh, other chemicals. Uh, so yeah, they, they need to. They need to. Uh, I think because we've been uh, used to plentiful water, because it just falls out of the sky for free. It does, like a, like a blessing from God. So you know, we're, we're, we haven't been so concerned about a little bit seeping out. Yeah. No. Um, but then on the other hand, I mean that that water that does seep out. I mean, because I've been walking around uh, the city, looking at the trees, and wondering where they get the water from. So maybe that water goes into the trees or something. And then if we stop all the leaks, you know, the trees all die. Um, I don't think that's how it works. Is that in the article? I don't no, remember that it's bit. Not, it's not in but, the article. Well, the, the article's all doom and gloom. It is doom and gloom. <laughs> it's but all doom and gloom. It's like saying we're all going to burn, there's going to be well, crop, crop yields. For most people, we're just going to get a suntan, have a nice barbecue. Yeah. Well, I just, I just want to say one final tweet is that we're talking about those pipes. You know, since water was privatised, hundreds of billions of pounds have been just taken out of this country, taken to investors and have not been re-put right. back in. Out of this country? Yeah, out of this country, to, for, to foreign companies and foreign people. I think that's a bit of nonsense. I think most... That's why I'm... No, look, private... it was on Twitter. It has to be true. <laughs> I mean, I think, Josh, I mean, look... It's... I think if you've got a pension, which most people do, then the money that, from private investments, from private companies, goes into your pension. So it's not like the money is just but, being okay. spirited away. But they away. could be doing more to prevent the rest of us having mm. to cut back on water. Yeah. By just fixing their bloody pipes. Anyway, let's move on uh, now to Friday's Daily Mail. Worrying energy bills on the horizon. Of course, Leo, we're talking about this pretty much every day, mm. but why is it that every time we get a new story, the, the total has gone up? Yeah, so uh, there's no plan agreed to solve uh, Britain's energy crisis. Um, so Fat Cat Energy Bosses have had a meeting with Boris Johnson um, on, on the soaring cost of living crisis, but fails to offer a way forward. And yeah, the, the, there's a warning that bills will hit £5,000. Just a couple of days ago, there was a warning that bills could hit £4,300. Yeah, so it's gone up another £700. So that's inflation uh, for <laughs> you. That is just, it's just going up. But I mean, uh, also, it's, uh, it's people just speculating. And yeah, but the higher they... the number, the more inflammatory the article and you know, the more people read well, it. Well, sure. But I mean, also, aren't they speculating it's going to stay that way for a decade? 
Whereas the other day, they were saying it would be roughly two years. Yeah, and so it, what, what's the truth here? The, the difference is, I mean, at this point, we've we've known that energy prices are, are skyrocketing yeah. for for six months, at least six months now, because of you know Russia and Ukraine and also you know other wider uh, issues, and we still haven't started fracking. We still haven't started uh, digging the you know the Campbell oil field in in the North Sea. But Liz Truss has pledged to do so. She has, but that's I mean that's going to be for her to get in and then put the the wheels in motion. I cannot believe that as soon as as soon as Russia you know Russia boots set foot in Ukraine and we saw they weren't going to be able to use Russian gas and oil and you know those, those prices would spike we should have immediately started fracking so, immediately Josh, started exploiting do you think fracking oil. is the solution here I think it's possibly I mean things are getting desperate now and they're looking more desperate but this story really is about as, as well as the prices going up is about Boris seemingly trying to do something and they're gathering these people in together the CEO of Eon together. yeah allegedly well this is the thing so this guy's on 1 million a year the CEO of Eon um, the other people are on just ridiculous amounts of money even the head of Ofcom's on like Ofgem sorry is on 300,000 pounds a year mm, yeah. bring them all in they're going to bang some heads and at the end of that big meeting they were like yeah, there's not really anything we can do. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, Banging heads doesn't work. Yeah. Particularly when those heads are earning all of this money. They can, don't you bring really some, can you bring the prices down? Yeah, no, no. But through the article, there is an interesting thing later on that I hadn't realised this, that is that these companies can only make a maximum profit of £35 per household. Mm. The rest of the cost is coming, of course, from the massive rises in the wholesale prices. Now then, of course... It's like there's no incentive. That's where the real increase is coming from. Yeah. But they have no incentive. They just will go, well, here you go. Yeah, like, well, passing it on. Sorry, it's really expensive now. You're just going to have to pay. And in fact, in a lot of cases, the, the energy price caps mean that they've had to sell on energy at a lower price than they purchased it from the, the wholesale market. Mm. So, you know, price caps, uh, market fixing uh, don't work. And also, uh, yeah. giving, giving handouts to people doesn't work because the... The, the price of energy is a signal that yeah. you know, people should use less of it because there's not enough of it to go around. Uh, and, until we start fracking, until we start getting out of the North Sea, then, the, then there's going to be plenty. But this signal is being corrupted by the fact that we're giving people more money. So all that means is people use more, so then the price goes up even further. Well, I don't know. So I think there's, there are some people who are using that just to survive. Yeah, you know, but that, it doesn't mean they're using more. Like you, the they, solution isn't making it even more and more expensive. Well, the solution is getting more of it out well, of the ground, so there's enough to go around. Are, I, I agree with you, but one of the things that Labour said today, which isn't in this article, is about at least fixing this whole thing for prepay because they pay more money. That's been proven, and they need to get on top of that because those are definitely the most vulnerable in society, and they're being exploited even further. Yeah, well, but if you got a prepay meter, it's because you didn't pay your bills, so you deserve to have it. Cut off. <laughs> right, we have to move on now. Uh, Leo's note of personal responsibility there coming through <laughs> onto Friday's Times. Our universities were once the envy of the world. Doesn't seem so now, Josh. Well, certainly not if you uh, go to public school. Right. Uh, that seems to be what they're saying. So now one in five students at public school are now applying to go abroad, to, particularly to, uh, specifically to America, to their, um, you know, Ivy, Ivy League, as they, you know, call it. Yep. Uh, which is what? Uh, oh, Harvard, Harvard Yale, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, Columbia. Harvard. Yeah, and all yep. those. And what some of the head teachers are saying from, like, Eton and whatever, is basically saying now that Cambridge and Oxford have are ever increasing their, the number of uh, pupils coming from state schools. Yeah. And I think it was like 68% in uh, 2020. It's going to be 72% in Cambridge last year. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people who are paying a lot of money to go to these public schools uh, are sort of going, well, wait a minute, we're not getting in. 
uh, or where there's less less chance to get it now yeah. because we've gone to there, there is school. a sense that it's quite mm. transactional you know yeah, I mean, yeah absolutely and I have to say because I, I used to teach at a private school mm. and I was the Oxbridge coordinator yeah. and my job was to basically manipulate it to get as many kids into Oxbridge as possible that was the job uh, and there are ways to do it in other words there are you know you apply to certain colleges for certain things and you mm. you try you you sort of coach them of how to handle the interview process and all all of the kind of stuff that you would have never got at the sort of school I went to mm. like that, that's just stuff just isn't there in a lot of uh, state schools so in a sense I think it's fair that Oxbridge are pu pushing through more state kids or mm. accepting more state kids uh, but on the other hand what's What's going to happen now? Too? Well, that's so, so a lot of them are looking towards America. And also you think about like some universities now are still not doing full like face to face tutoring or, no, or lectures and stuff like that. So they say, if you go to America, you're going to get thing. more for your money. This is the thing in Britain. So and, and you, we've seen this across a lot of institutions like the NHS is, is kept. Uh, so the, the uh, neonatal classes are, are still done over Zoom. So you yeah. don't get to meet the other parents and stuff like that. Which is the so, whole point of... Which is the whole yeah, point of a of class it. like that. And the whole point of university is to go and, and meet people and, you know, have have the social side of it as well. And if you're just doing stuff online, you're, you're missing out on all that. So why should you pay tens of thousands of pounds just to sit in front of a Zoom call? Probably more expensive like, to go to America, I would have. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot cheaper. Did you, you might as well sit in front of YouTube and just yeah. learn everything from there. But, I mean, also, I mean, is it worth going to... I mean, Oxford and Cambridge are among the most uh, sort of woke universities and they're really pushing mm. an agenda. And you can actually probably learn more by just reading a few books yourself. Or is that just my agenda coming through? <laughs> watching GB says, News. Says, watching GB News. Says former Oxbridge. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, yeah. I think things have changed since. Your book my, in particular? Yeah, new book coming out. My new forthcoming book. Thanks for mentioning yeah, yeah. that, Josh. Yeah. Uh, Those of us who didn't go to Oxbridge don't know how to write books, unfortunately. <laughs> let's move on now to Friday's Guardian. It has two political heavyweights discussing important political matters, a bit like here. <laughs> you see, now there's a compliment for you. You were complaining about that. Calm as fat, yeah. I, have I can't win. I can't yeah. win. Yeah. Talk uh, to us. Well, Nicola Sturgeon has claimed that Liz Truss quizzed her about how to land an interview in Vogue magazine <laughs> uh, when they briefly met at COP26 last year. Uh, so and Sturgeon, of course, quit back to Truss. Uh, I, I said to her, they came and asked me. You know, like, <laughs> proper, like, mean girls yeah, level. That's what I wrote down, mean girls. This whole article seems really high school. Because, yeah, yeah. because basically, am I right in thinking Liz Truss uh, uh, made a quip about Nicola Sturgeon? So Liz, yeah, ignore her. Ignore Truss, her. Truss is, because uh, Sturgeon is pushing for a second independence referendum. I don't know why, because it would be the end of uh, Sturgeon, whether she wins or loses. I mean, if she, if she wins independence for, for Scotland, she'd be a pariah within about... 30 seconds, and if, if she lost, you know, she'd have to step down as, as head of the SNP. Mm -hmm. But Truss has said, uh, has, has said that Sturgeon is an at attention seeker. That's what she is. Uh, and uh, so this is, this is Sturgeon having a, having a pop back. Uh, so, yeah, asking how to, how to get into Vogue. I mean, what? as long as it's not razzle. Uh, <laughs> Why is I'm, it relevant nobody, whether Liz Truss asked how she got into Vogue? I mean, what, what's so wrong with that? You know, Nicola Sturgeon got into Vogue. She doesn't strike twice. me as... Twice, yeah. But Why? She said, well, she said, yeah, so I said, I said to her, they came and asked me, uh, how have you done so badly and failed nearly all of your pledges? <laughs> That's what should, that should have been their yeah. number one question. But, but, but I don't understand why... They, I, Lulu, I understand. Why would you go for, if you're going to go for a Scottish woman, why would you go for a... <laughs> I don't think Lulu's Scottish. Lulu's from Glasgow. Is she? I guess there's a trend. Cranky, yeah, the cranky, they could have done the crankies. They could have, why aren't the crankies Crank. in vogue? Yeah. They, should, going, they yeah. should be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I mean, also, it doesn't seem that bad. But I mean, Liz Truss isn't glamorous enough, is she, for Vogue? It's not like Theresa May. Are you May. Saying, that, saying that Nicola Sturgeon uh, is? 
<laughs> no, I'm actually. Well, no, I don't think that. No. Okay. There's a there's a sort of trend uh, for for putting political figures. And we saw the mm. the uh, was it Vogue uh, the cover of uh, Zelensky and his wife sort of hugging. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is quite cover. a thing now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but maybe not. Maybe not for Liz. Theresa May, I could have seen because Theresa had really glamorous clothes. Right. But she looked great. Anyway, uh, I can see you've got now. the same uh, outfit. <laughs> 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 yeah. What are you saying, Josh? I'm just saying your outfit's a bit crap. It's uh, unbelievable. <laughs> that's coming from Josh. That, no, looks that's like, a, I mean, that's looks not, like a Vietnam. I'm just getting my own back from the opening. Yeah. That's all. Oh, yeah. Although really did, nasty in here. You do yeah. look like you're an ACDC tribute band. What with this tie? <laughs> yeah, you just need shorts on, and then. <laughs> Is this, does this look like a school tie? Because that's not what I was going for. What are you going? Is that the hip tie? Is that your hip tie? I just tie? saw it in the shop and I thought that looks quite nice. But if it looks like a school tie. I won't wear it again. If it undermines my authority, right. It's got like day glow on it. Moving on, on to Friday's Times now, and, and the world seems to be shifting eastward, Josh. Yes, yeah, so Chinese scientists are more influential than rivals in America and Germany. This is according to a Japanese analysis that has looked into all of the research papers across the world and found that China, for the first time, has accounted for more than a quarter of the top 1% uh, of cited papers between in the last few years. So 27% uh, as opposed to, I think, American 24.9% uh, or something. So that's kind of a big deal because what that leads to in the long term is more uh, technological advantages. So they, it's interesting. You know, in China, as we know, they're better at creating... Um, viruses, and you know they're what better. Are you saying, Josh? They're better at hacking and stealing, and st you know companies' ideas. Mm. So edging, you know, slightly towards xenophobia. Well, no, 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 no. It's, it's just factual. Facts. I mean, the biggest, yeah. the biggest corporate theft of all time was the uh, was the um, American fighter, the F twenty two or something. I don't know. I go see Top Gun. I'll Can't find out. Does this all mean that you know um, China seems to be the world leader in everything? Now, well, the, the worry with science and with China is uh, obviously because it's an autocracy, uh, they're not um, subject to the same regulatory constraints yeah. that in a democracy, you know, we worry about people and people have rights and things like, you know, basic you things don't. like that. You don't worry so, about it. <laughs> uh, no, I really do because, uh, you know, in, in China, they, they don't have, um, you know, over here we agonise about, you know, testing on rabbits or whatever. Over there, they, they literally test on, uh, they'll, they'll test on monkeys, they'll test on uh, people. They've got, you know, Uyghur, Uyghur Muslims. Yep, yep. Um, so it's, it's really disturbing and that's leading to, to them making advances in, uh, you know, neuroscience and stem cell yeah. treatment, but it's, it's based on this exploitation of people. And yeah, people aren't thinking about this, are they? You know, if China's going to be the, the superpower mm -hmm. in years to come, and there are ethical considerations there, Absolutely. given that it's an authoritarian... But they don't have the same ethics that no. we that have necessarily in the West, certainly on these matters, I mean, you know, not talking about... But uh, also, they're publishing a lot more papers, so they've been publishing, yeah. like, 400,000 to America's kind of 300,000. So, obviously, that... But so there is a still a question of the actual quality, I mm. think. Okay, um, yes. But we look at the, what their papers are in: clinical medicine, chemistry, electronics, communication, automation, biology, material science, chemistry, computer science, engineering. These have a massive impact. They are the literally the future, yeah. and that they are in the lead and control that information. Interestingly, this report has just come out on the same day that Biden has just invested two hundred billion in a sort of catch-up. Uh, investments. Yeah. We'll see if that seems like we're constantly playing catch up. Yes, I think we mm. need to learn Chinese. Welcome back to Headliners with me, Andrew Doyle, the hardworking Josh Howey, and the just hard Leo Kurse. 
I mean, that, that's tough. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the only place I could be seen as tough is in central London. Yeah, but you, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Not in Scotland. In Scotland, you don't seem tough at all. In Scotland, I'm a perfumed milk toast. <laughs> it's all relative. Friday's independent now and legal action against the Tavistock Clinic. I mean, who saw this coming? Everyone. Yeah, well, exactly. We've talked about this for a while. You know, there's going to be this massive medical scandal. And guess what? I, and you don't... I mean, it's nice to be proved right. At the same time, it's sad that there's up to, they're saying here, a thousand, potentially a thousand families who are going to be suing the ta Tavistock. Just in case people don't so, know, yeah. what is the Tavistock? So the Tavistock uh, is the only centre in the country really for dealing with um, children coming in to identify as trans yeah. kids, essentially. Uh, it's recently been announced it's going to close next year because uh, Dr. Hilary Cass, who's been doing this report into it, basically has found it unsafe. One of the things being that they push affirmative uh, therapy, which is, i.e., uh, you know, a 10-year-old kid goes in and says, uh, boy says, I'm a girl or girl, but mostly it seems to be girls saying they're a boy, and the therapist will just go, oh, yeah, you are, and here are some drugs, essentially, is, is the gist of it. Exactly. Mm. Uh, and, and, of course, there's a downside to that, which is that a lot of the kids have other issues. Yes. They're autistic, autistic. May, they might be homosexual or gender non-conforming. All of that. All so, of that and so maybe even nine of the 10 kids are, you know, would have just grown up to be gay. Totally cool. Uh, so um, now that it's been announced it's going to close down, uh, a, law, a law, uh, law firm has announced that they're now being approached by a certain number of families and that they're predicting that's going to increase to about 1,000 families. So you're going to say essentially that you pushed us down this path well, too it's, soon it's, and it has long-term impact And it's on not just families, it's some of the kids themselves who are yeah, now de-transitioning. You know, some people have even had genitals removed and all sorts of yeah. horrible stuff because they were encouraged down a path that was not right mm. for them. Absolutely. And this is really sad. Yeah, and I thought we were a decade away from this blowing up into being a huge medical scandal. So, you know, it's incredible to see so quickly a thousand families. Yeah. You know, how this, this clinic hasn't even, you know, dealt with a huge number of people. So for such a huge proportion of them to be considering legal action is just incredible. And the worst thing about it is... Like, my taxes, and your taxes as well, which I don't care about, but my taxes were spent on this clinic. My taxes were spent transitioning these children. Definitely, the old money would and come then, in and, and go... And then, like, my taxes were spent detransitioning these children, and now my taxes are going to be spent getting sued by these children. Well, these yeah, children. because it's the NHS that they're going to have to fork out. It's not, why don't they just ask me before they spend any okay. more of my taxes? On the positive side, you are getting paid now to talk about it, so you are earning some of that money back. And also, let's think about these families. They do require some recompense for what for what went on here. No, I, I think you make the. I mean, come on. There's only so much tax. There's yeah. only so much tax. If you get, like, you can transition your your children, but fine, that's it. You stick with that. You can't like none of this. Like, oh, you oh, know, I had my fingers yeah. crossed. It's not and, just about that, though, is yeah. it? Like, no. it's actually really important that people are held to account here because otherwise that's, it might happen again. Yeah. And the and the real issue, I suppose, with the Tavistock is that whistleblowers within mm. people who work there, gender specialists, who were saying, "Hang on, this is dodgy. Most of these kids are just gay. We need to mm. really talk about this." They were so terrified of being called bigots and transphobes, that the whole thing got shut down, you know? This is a dangerous uh, situation. We, well, we can't allow this to happen twice. It's, no, of course not. But also, when are some of the people who have been pushing this ideology, is when's it going to be enough for them to just go, wait a minute... Well, I haven't seen anyone yeah. who's been supportive of Tavistock and their methods yeah. saying, oh, yeah, OK, I was wrong. Oh, we were wrong about this, mm. so, yeah. No, I haven't seen anyone. Yeah. I haven't seen Owen Jones. I haven't seen any mm. co columnists at The Guardian. I haven't seen anyone actually admit... We made a mistake. And there are still lots of other clinics. There's a, there's a hospital, a children's hospital in Boston, for example, that, that performs affirming hysterectomies 
on children. And right. this is this is insane. Right. It's obviously it's worse in America. Yeah. We've got double mastectomies yeah. with young yeah. kids yeah, yeah. Yeah, removing a, healthy breast tissue. This is I mean life-changing surgery on yeah. on children who uh, you know they often feel railroaded into into the process. Yeah. I mean obviously there's there's uh, children that that are trans and will will continue as trans into their their adult life, yeah, but a, for a, a huge, minority for a huge proportion for around you know 90% uh, puberty resolves the issues. So yes. you know all, all this and it's also become a social contagion. It's replaced eating disorders for, for young women. So this is why I do, I do understand your uh, annoyance about the financial implications to the yeah. taxpayer. But, but it, just think, if, if these people don't take action, and this happens again and again and it keeps happening, I think you need stuff well, like this. Why can't we have a tax on blue hair dye? Why can't we have a tax on blue hair dye that, that pays for all this? A tax on The Guardian, the people who push this ideology, the people who are really responsible. Man yeah. Manga... Sort of avatars. Yeah. Manga avatars on Twitter. Yeah. yeah would be... Tax that. And then yeah. you solve all of this problem. Anyway, Friday's mail and uh, a common sense seems to be prevailing here, Leo. Yeah, so uh, NHS-backed guidance on periods will be updated to include the terms women and girls in a victory for campaigners, which... What is this? Is this a, a guidance that? on periods? Yeah, yeah. And they had somehow avoided the word woman. It's quite relevant, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd, think, you'd think you might want to just mention, briefly just mention that women... somewhere. I mean, purely yeah. from a... Well, this, this is a website called Bloody Brilliant, which uh, cost taxpayers £84,000, was set up by the Welsh Government, uh, and they omitted uh, the words women and girls in, in favour of phrases like people who bleed... Um, which is everybody. Everyone. And half the population, which again is everybody, because everybody's in oh. a certain half of the population. Right. Um, so it's an absolute nonsense. Because, and also there's some serious uh, health issues. If, you, if you're not that bright or uh, you know, if English is your second language, you're not going to know. I mean, everybody knows what a woman is. That's an easy to understand uh, word and yeah. you know, translates into different languages. But uh, people who bleed, that's going to be so confusing to yeah, somebody yeah. who's yeah. in the UN. Especially women, uh, so Josh, what do you think of... Um... Well, just, just the fact that the whole point of this website was to make it clear and to promote dialogue about periods mm. yeah. and positivity about it. And then it literally did the total opposite of that by making it obtuse and confusing. Yeah just to fit this ideological mm. sort of oh, inclusion thing for a few people and, who... and, and like Josh says, you know, there's going to be more people who struggle with the English language yeah, who are yeah. going to be reading this stuff mm. than there are who this particularly pertains to. What, how are they going to feel about a phrase like people who bleed? Uh, you know, if I, if I was learning English, I wouldn't have a clue what that meant. And also, yeah. it's very offensive to, to many women who just find that kind of language disgusting. And like now, it's not just in this it's NHS Wales or whatever, but this has been going on, as we know, Everybody over the last knows. few years. But the, I'd never seen this one before. The NHS uh, Brighton and Sussex hospitals have been calling it, instead of breast milk, they're calling it human milk. <laughs> human milk. Human, human milk. Mm, who I mean, wants that sounds... human milk? That's... But I mean, the, I think even worse than that, more offensive than that, is, uh, is if those, those people pay tax, uh, they're going to be appalled by the amount of money that's been spent. This website, £84,000 was spent on this website. The, um, the, this this organisation has uh, all these senior equality rules. Five, uh, the, the Mail Online found five adverts for senior equality right rules. They said they're uh, cutting down on it and they're still 70, advertising for it. For £76,000 each, there, there are people, uh, you know, you could get two, two nurses for that. And Which would be a much better use of money, let's Much be better use of money and all this stuff. So the equality, diversity and inclusion, what it does is it gets involved, introduces ideology, makes things worse and spends lots of public money doing it. The whole thing can be scrapped so, tomorrow. You know what, I would love to play devil's advocate here because I like hearing all sides, but I can't bring myself to defend phrases like chest feeders <laughs> instead of breast.
stress feeders, you know, because that sounds like a zombie film. Yeah. It's just, it's, this is a big waste of time. We've got to move on yeah. from all of this and move on to another story. This is Friday's Daily Star now. Um, not sure you can get these perfumes in the duty-free, Josh. No. So women are warned not to use vaginal. Am I allowed to say vaginal? I think, I think you yeah. are. Discharge. Yes. Can we say discharge? Yeah, but don't say them both together in okay. quick succession. <laughs> as perfume... Um, as this this trend explodes now, I, I, what's this trend called? Well, this is the thing. I it's called vabbing. Yes. But I read the whole article and I was very confused because I thought I misread it as vaping. So <laughs> you thought this was an article about vaping? About vaping and vaginal. So I was like, how are these two? Like, are literally people. When did the pen vape? drop on this one, Josh? And not <laughs> just just now, actually. <laughs> So, okay, but no. So it's called va va vabbing. vabbing, and it's become really big. Uh, it's become bigger of... TikTok, and we'll right, get on to that. We've got a nice TikTok story later. Um, but it's been a people. The idea is, of course, your pheromones are meant to attract people, and there are different people on TikTok saying that, oh, look, it it's really worked for me, and I've got a date and whatever. But a doctor has come out and said. Uh, don't do it. Dr. Uh, Paraskevi Dimitriadi, he's a private gynecologist, uh, and he has basically essentially said, if you use dirty fingers to do this, you could have a whole load of issues here. So there's a whole article about all the... You could become infertile, um, and uh, you Isn't could there a spread effect. Well, there is a hygiene, but at, but at yeah, the same time, on. you sort of go, just wash your hands. Yeah, like, and he's, he's quite alarmist. He says, you know, oh, you could get, if you use your fingers you, uh, in your vagina, you could uh, get uh, an infection that could cause pelvic inflammatory disease and make you infertile. And it's like, come on. Like, nobody's getting that from fingers. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to move on because I'm nervous about where this conversation is going. Um, we're going to go on to Friday's Telegraph now. Uh, and is there a case for cultural relativism, Leah? Well, we'll see. Uh, so this is in the Telegraph. Women who refuse marriage proposals in northern Chad, which is an African country, will have to pay a fine of up to £30 under a new ruling. I should imagine that's, uh, that's a lot of money there. Um, so the Higher Islamic Council in the eastern town of Mangalme has decreed that men uh, must pay £12 and women up to £30 for refusing to marry. So if somebody, you know... But well, so men as well, men have to pay. Men have to pay, but a lesser, a lesser amount. What if a man asks a man to marry him? Uh, that wouldn't oh, happen well, it's a, it's in a northern Muslim. Chad. Is that, is that frowned upon? It's a, just about. OK, all right. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a fun... They say uh, the, the fine, the authorities say that the fine, which is known as Am... Amchilini is based on the Quran and follows Sharia law. So yeah, but apparently, forty-three percent of this country are Christian. Yes, and are very, no. very worried about Sharia law. Because there's various of Sharia laws that have been coming into yeah, play. Yeah, that's the... not good. No, that's not good, of course. And I should also be pointed out that Chad has the highest, the world's highest uh, child marriage rate. So I think it's seventy percent of girls are married before they're eighteen. Okay. Thirty percent of girls are married before they turn fifteen. So really this is a more it's not just about this issue of, mm. of people having to pay if they refuse to marry. It's, it's about these sectarian issues and, and, it, and yeah absolutely but it's children having to pay. Like well you know I mean it sounds less, girl da is... sounds less damaging than a than a hysterectomy, to be honest, which is what you get in the West. Yeah, yeah. So... at least you're not paying their taxes the yeah, I'm not paying for this. This is, this is self-funding. In, wow. in fact, this is raising money from people, so it's, it's much better. But, I mean, yeah, by 2050, um, the UK will be, you know, current demographic trends, Islam will be the largest religion in the UK. Uh, if you're so, going to suggest that the UK is going to become an Islamic state, I think you're very wrong. No, that. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to become an Islamic state, but if Islam is the largest religion in the UK, that's going to have some 
impact and influence well, over I've, our... Look, I've done my bit for Judaism. Trying to... <laughs> <laughs> I've done my five kids. Someone else has got to chip in now. Yeah, but, I mean, um, Jews are starting from a, a much smaller no. um, base than Islam. No. Which is like well, you know, I'm from billion. a Catholic family. We used to be really good at reproducing, mm. yeah. except for the gay you, ones. You haven't helped. No, I haven't helped. <laughs> Uh, this next one is from Friday's Metro. This personally offends me as a vegetarian, I have to say. Yeah, women who don't eat meat are more likely to break hip. Is that true, though? Because they always get these alarms. Yes, it is, because there's a study here in an article. It's in the Metro, Josh. In the Metro, but it's a big old study. Let's not question science. Certainly this is from China. No, it's not. Uh, 26,000 women aged 35 to 69 have been studied across the UK for, I think, 20 last 20 years. I, this, this, they keep Now they're releasing bits of information as they're finding this stuff out. But they found that after around 20 years, uh, 822 hip fractures amongst women, uh, uh, they found that 3% of them... So this, And it's not a study that was commissioned by the Metro, to be fair. This no, it is. This, this is a, a long-going study, but one of the things that they found out is essentially... And look, this has been sort of... Um, people have been kind of guessing this for a long time, that uh, essentially bone density is going to be affected by not eating meat. But the thing is, though, you always hear these also similarly alarm, alarmist articles about how eating meat, too much meat, causes well, too, problems Well, too much, you, so... too little. Life is about balance. So, so why can't we just let people eat what they want and not worry about well, it? Well, if you want to fall over and hurt your hip... Because... It's only women, though, apparently. Well, they haven't done a study on men. But, but then I'm going to assume, assume that let's it, doesn't try have, it, now. it doesn't have any effect on men. Yeah, you're totally there's no evidence. Well, yeah. obviously, I mean, the hips don't lie, if I can just quote Shakira. But <laughs> Was she talking if, about this study? If, uh, yeah. She might have been. Yeah. But if, if you, we're omnivores. We know that because, you know, historically, we've always eaten loads of stuff. Mm. Uh, so if you restrict the diet of an omnivore to just vegetables... I'm gonna... not an omnivore. Oh, you, a, you're a vegetarian? I'm a herbivore. You're a herbivore. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, so why does it speak for yourself? I knew I'd met her before. Um, oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. Listen, on that note, we have to end. That's the end of part two. A part all about women's issues, wasn't it? That's and great. Who oh. better to discuss that than three men? I'm looking forward to <laughs> reading those tweets. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Headliners. I'm still Andrew Doyle. He's still Josh Howey. And that one over there is still Leo Kurse. Positive news now from Friday's Mail. Humanity isn't going to be wiped out by superbugs. Yay! Yeah, so for, for decades, we've been concerned that antibiotics are, are losing their ability to fight bugs. And we've, we've had the rise of disease resist, uh, antibiotic resistant diseases, uh, MRSA and all the rest of it. So uh, scientists have developed a drug that is hoped can just wipe them all out. So fabimycin, not to be uh, confused with vabimycin, which is something that you rub in your neck and smells of pheromones. So this is a man-made antibiotic. It was found to kill hundreds of bacteria that are resistant to common medicines. And this is a serious thing. So uh, superbugs are estimated to contribute to around 7 million deaths per year. And I'm right um, in thinking that these superbugs developed because of uh, people weren't taking their full antibiotic treatments. Yeah, so right? basically if you don't take your full antibiotic treatment, then you don't completely kill off the bug, but you kill off most of the bacteria. But the, the, ones, ones. the ones that are left, the ones that are resistant to it, come back and multiply and then infect other people. They're, also, they're probably hench. Also, antibiotics have been over-prescribed and they've been prescribed in, in farming. They're used in farming a lot and all this uh, contributes to, to them becoming less, okay. uh, yeah, less effective. So, good news, Josh. We, we, Amazing we, news, because that's, this has been a real problem. There's been articles about this for years but and years. But it kills about. millions. Yeah, so, so 
it kills millions, and they're saying in another, be by 2050, it would be like 10 million people yeah. would be dying or whatever. So, uh, it, it, and also people dying of things that they wouldn't die of yeah. only a few years earlier. So this is fantastic news. And well done, uh, University of Illinois. Yeah, like. well done. Fantastic stuff. Friday's Guardian now. Uh, and is this one about censorship or molly, molly coddling? <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's molly coddling, but it might backfire. So uh, Google will stop giving snappy answers to stupid questions. The company announces it seeks to improve its search engine's featured snippet service. So right. basically the, the snippet uh, brings up um, you know, a little thing that it thinks is, is the right answer, but if there's, if there's a data void, if there's a lack of data, then it can grab this snippet from you know, a far-right conspiracy uh, website or, okay, so this is or accurate source of information, up. as I yeah, call yeah, yeah. them. Um, so there have been que uh, queries like, you know, when did Snoopy assassinate Abraham Lincoln? Which, obviously, Snoopy didn't assassinate Abraham Lincoln. How do you but know? The service, because <laughs> uh, he wasn't created then, the service uh, responds with 1865. So it's, it's the right date, but the wrong assassin. Other questions, uh, if you asked, is Obama planning a coup? Uh, it would reply saying Obama may in fact be, be planning a communist coup d'etat at the end of his term in 2016. Again, so he got that from a conspiracy might be true. website. Also said that the stairs uh, were invented in 1946. But the thing is, I mean, all right, it's not accurate because Snoopy didn't assassinate Abraham Lincoln, but it's still giving you the right date, which is mm. probably what the person wanted to know. Well, also, you know, anyone who's searching for this kind of stuff, they, yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone who's putting that question in, mm -hmm. when did Snoopy assassinate Abraham Lincoln, they're having a laugh anyway. Yeah. So I don't think this really affects I don't think it's going to have major implications, is it? I hope, for me, personally, I'm, the bit I'm scared about is that it can't, like, ask uh, in terms of, like, what does my dad's farts sound like or something like that. Like, that's what my Do kids... people write that sort of stuff in? No, but my kids are constantly... That, that's all they ask or whatever, you know, <laughs> on, the, on the Alexa. Alexa, what, make the, what does a cow fart sound like? As long as they've still got that feature... Well, that's and, for the kids. And believe it or not, later on, you then get offered, you're like... Do you want to do you want to buy the package which has all the animal farts? They try and sell you. What? Oh my yeah, goodness! So Amazon, well, Amazon, Keep your yeah. children away from Alexa. I know. I think that's what you need to do. Anyway, we're moving on now. To and then install... I'd have to talk to them. You would have to talk to yeah, them. Exactly. So. The Alexa is the surrogate parent. Then mm. this is the uh, malleability of minds now from Friday's Telegraph, Leo. Um, yeah, so apparently too much thinking can poison your brain. So studies shown that overworking your brain uh, leads to it literally poisoning itself mm. with chemicals released into the prefrontal cortex, which forces the body to slow down and, you know, makes you feel sleepy. So previously, uh, people thought that feeling tired from thinking is a myth. But actually, when you think, uh, this uh, chemical called glutamate mm. uh, builds up in your, in your brain and it can only be eliminated by um, copious amounts of coffee and cocaine. No, it can only be eliminated by uh, having a sleep. So when you sleep, this, this, uh, this is processed out of your but brain. This is you true. Wake up like, I, I can just spend a day writing stuff and not moving. Mm. And because I've used my brain time, I have to sleep. I and mean, this yeah. happens to me all the time. So this is a real thing. People just said I was lazy. But no, <laughs> now I've got science on my Absolutely. On my like, when I have to, like, some writing or when I was writing scripts and things like that, yeah. you'd like focus intently for two hours and then have a 10 minute nap and yeah. then suddenly it's all good again. Yeah. So this is Absolutely. great that the science has sort of been explained. Yeah. OK, so uh, we're moving on to the Telegraph, I think, again. Leo, uh, this is the... Uh, which story is this, though? Uh, no, sorry, we're moving on to... We're not doing that one. We're yeah. doing Friday Sun. Yeah. Uh, reporting not great news for Netflix. Here. No, Disney Plus has overtaken Netflix for the first time ever uh, in this whole streamers battle for subscribers. Uh, Disney has also announced it's going to be uh, launching an ad-supported streaming service. So they're going to be putting their, money, their prices up uh, at the right. end of this year and next year for the rest of the world. Uh, I think up to 10.99 in America. Yeah. But you can stay at the same rate 
housekeeping ads. Uh, this is bad news very much, obviously, for Netflix, which was the first sort of big... Uh, company on the on the scene, yes. Uh, but their figures, people are they lost nearly one million accounts. Mm. Uh, recently, I just watched Sandman this week. How is that? Uh, it's not good. I'm a massive fan of the comic book, and uh, it's it's not it's, so much on Netflix these days is disappointing. It's, it's this, but you know this. This is a separate debate in terms of like going go woke, go broke, and whatever. Yeah. But they've done some. They've made some ridiculous decisions. They got this like scene set in a pub in like 1389. And like a bunch of the customers or uh, people who work there are black, and then and then it cuts to every hundred years, fourteen eighty nine, fifteen eighty nine. You're like, I know, yeah, yes, uh, people of color have existed in the UK since Roman times, you know, coming over with centurions yeah. and whatever. But the idea that this one pub is just like every time you cut back to it, there's going to be people. And, and the thing is, when they later then talk about the transatlantic slave trade, it's like if you have this colorblind casting, yes, that's. Great, like if that, that, you know, and certainly in something like fantasy, there's no reason why you couldn't do this stuff. But when you're also setting it in real life historical times with William Shakespeare and this and that, and the idea that this pub is just, is like this well, multicultural. It, 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 it throws you out of it if they're going yeah. for historical accuracy. Yeah, and exactly. that, you know, that is an issue there. It isn't really a race issue at all. And also the thing is that most of the series is set in present day. Yeah. So of course you can have the representation and diversity. These are good things. But when you're sort of putting it into these historical settings, yeah. it does throw you out. And even when in, when you're in a fantasy where you need to be slightly grounded, what it is is, is political preaching. It's, yeah. it's, it's about identity politics, and that's that's the point. Well, it, it comes from uh, the investment firms. So every company now has uh, is, is steered by ESG, so environmental, social, and governmental. It's, it's almost like the, the EDI, the Equality, Diversity, and Inclusion equivalent of, of an investment firm or a corporation. So they, they ensure uh, that you know, a company has to hit all these like social, you know, ethical points, which yeah. means that you know, uh, to get investors, Netflix has to say, oh, look what we're doing for the trans community and for anti-racism yeah, and yeah. Black Lives Matter and stuff, which means they're focused on making that preachy, woke nonsense instead of making, instead of focusing on the storyline and the characters and the things that make films right, yeah. and uh, But the sad thing great. is that the Sandman comic book has that stuff in it right. and really brilliantly articulated in the comic book by then trying to sort of just push out there in a separate way. It's yeah. like, if you just stuck to it, that it says that stuff. And that's what's so amazing about it. Mm, but they've ruined it. Yeah. yeah, I know. And Disney Plus, I mean, I thought Disney it was all going to be like cartoons and stuff, but they've got all sorts of films and mm. all sorts of things. Yeah. They've got the new Predator film, which I'm very much looking forward to. So, yeah, you know, it's, good. it's pretty good. Maybe we go to Disney. So Friday Sun. Uh, no, I think we've done that one as well, haven't we? This is a story about TikTok. What's this one about, Leo? Is it oh, Leo or Josh? Oh, yeah, no, it's me, actually. So, uh, yeah, TikTok, it's quite... Um, this sort of gives you, this is the Telegraph, and it gives you a bit of a rundown about TikTok, and it's essentially massively overtaken Facebook now right. as the most world's most popular website. It's growing, well, no, sorry, I think Facebook's got like two bil billion, but, um, but in just four years, It's TikTok, stealing all the kids, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically stealing all the kids, and Facebook, their numbers are like dropped 13%. Yeah. One year's time, or two years' time, it's going to be 45% less teenagers on Facebook. So TikTok is replacing it, and they're saying, well, what is it? Is it dangerous? And they're kind of going, yeah, it is. Like, you obviously had the tragic death of Archie uh, Battersby. And that was this to do was, with a viral challenge. That was some viral challenge about choking yourself or something like that, just something really horrible. Mm. Then then you have um, the ticks and teenage girls who are, like, picking up from being on the site too much. Yeah. Then you had uh, young people just turning to TikTok to get all their news. That's not going to be a good thing, getting your news from any one particular Can I source, ask, though, it, apart all from this, this channel. stuff about children's health. Yeah. In addition, though, am I not right in thinking that in China, 
companies are obliged to turn over information to the government if they are asked to do so. Yeah. And this is, there's, so there's a surveillance issue. And that's yeah, absolutely. Here, so yeah. TikTok say that the data from the West doesn't leave, you know, because there, there are strict rules around uh, around online data. They say yeah. it doesn't leave, but I don't believe that for a second. Well, it says here it's not, it didn't happen here. In America, and, it went, went to them. TikTok is a tool of the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist mm -hmm. Party, and they're using it. We're in a soft war. The West is in a soft war with Russia and China, and they're using it to destabilise the West. They're using it to, to destabilise, you know, so if, if you look at TikTok in the West, it's, it's just depravity, it's glorifying sex work and... and I've never uh, been know. on it, so I don't know what no, it is. No, I, well, I haven't you, been on it you either. Can, you can trust me, I don't, I don't spend much on it, but there's, there's very little of any value on TikTok. Mm. Um, and if you go on TikTok in China, it's all like algebra and family values and stuff that's going to, you know, make you a, a good citizen. Is that right? So they're, they're sowing seeds to, to destabilise the West. That's here. interesting because what it says here, and I'm, I'm sure that's true, but it says it doesn't care about who you follow, who your friends are, or anything like that. What it, the, main, the only thing it focuses on and the amount of time that you watch a video. So if you watch a video on a particular subject or a particular thing, it will then just purely push you down that route. Wow. Mm. So I wonder here if, if actually we're watching video. We go, look at that TikTok thing, whereas maybe culturally in China, there might be more of a drive just through the culture, not necessarily through although, the algorithm. Although the Chinese government has a lot of control of the, of the internet. Yeah. No, no, of course. Video, I, yeah. It's, so. Anyway, look, we're going to move on now. So this is more on the, uh, the Mr Bean sex debate. <laughs> By that we mean Sean Bean. Not Mr. Bean, because uh, we were talking about this the other day. Uh, he was talking about sex scenes in films, but now Emma Thompson has got involved in this one, Leo. Yeah, so Emma Thompson, the uh, the um, ecology campaigner and a private jet aficionado, has opposed Sean Bean's recent comments about the usefulness of intimacy coordinators on film and TV sets. So on film and TV sets, you have to have these people who say, OK, your hand goes here, uh, now you uh, vab your neck, you know, there's, there's all this uh, guidance and it's obviously to stop, you know, uh, women and, and men being, you know, sexually exploited. Um, but Sean Bean uh, came out and said, um, you know, it spoils the spontaneity of the moment, which, you know, I can imagine it would. But anyway, he's been pilloried by Hollywood figures such as Rachel Zegler and uh, Jamila Jamil. Uh, and now Emma Thompson's uh, got stuck in to say uh, it's the the sex coordinators are fantastically important. What do you think, Joe? I mean, like, I you know, we were talking about this the other day and I did wonder about artistically as an actor, if you've got mm. someone trying to do something, apply something so clinically to something that is quite organic, that it, it will throw you out of the role and maybe the scene will end up not being as convincing. Yeah, I mean, I imagine there is some level of pre-talking, uh, you know, working the stuff out. I mean, yeah. being on set, that you are surrounded by, well, there's a lot of men, I'm sure it's very uncomfortable, more uncomfortable for women, but I'm sure it's also uncomfortable for men. Yeah. And, but you are surrounded, it's, it's probably, you know, an incredibly unsexy place right. to do that stuff. So anything that, look, and it also depends on what type of actor you are. I think there are different, there are different types of actors who are- yeah, If you're a method actor. Method actor, and there are people who are more clinical. There are people who want to just kind of go with it and go crazy. But the, but, but, but the women have been abused in the past. Particularly and, in Hollywood. And particularly mm -hmm. in Hollywood. And these steps, you know, if that has to be the price that he's not as free, then I think it's probably... It's better there's someone there just watching what's going on. Yeah. Well, over to Friday's Mail now, and the French aren't going to be happy about this one, Josh. Joan of Arc. No, Joan of Arc, yes. Yeah. So um, she is... Uh, this is Shakespeare's Globe Theatre. They're putting on a play about Joan of Arc, and they are making her non-binary. And uh, they're using the pronouns they and them. This is a trend that we have obviously seen over the last few years of people in the trans debate using historical figures to make their case.
What I worry about, though, with this is, and often what happens is they tend to take a historical female figure, mm. and because she had traits that she are... wore trousers. Yeah, yeah. Either she wore men's clothes or was courageous, strong, showed leadership values. They say, well, she can't be a woman then. Yeah. <laughs> and effect effectively, there's a kind of misogyny sort of at the heart Absolutely. She was a suffragette icon. She was a feminist icon. And just to suddenly go, oh, no, that's the only reason that she had those qualities is because she was actually kind of half man. Yeah, exactly. A, yeah. They've done the same with James Miranda Barry, the, the doctor, who are presented as a male because you couldn't possibly be a female doctor at this time and get anywhere. Yeah. And, but they're saying, no, well, this is a trans figure. No, it's not. It's a woman. Niental. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Josh, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's, uh, it's it's a nonsense, and like you say, it's very reductive and based on very old-fashioned and outmoded gender stereotypes. Yeah, you know, we've it. known for decades now that you know men can be anything from David Bowie to Engelbert Humperdinck. You know what I mean? You can have any level of masculinism. You can dress however you want. Uh, same with women. You know, we've had women. You know, look, look at the women who the women who flew across the Atlantic. Yeah, and uh, there's there's also uh, Fatima Whitbread. So, you know, there's, there's all kinds of women out there. We that, don't, they don't all have to be dainty, you know, prancing exactly, around. This feels so regressive. You know, I mean, if you, there's Mole Cutpurse, who was a celebrity at Shakespeare's time, who was a woman who used to get into fights, you know, and mm. dress like a man and all the rest of it. Mm. Why can't we just accept that some women uh, have, uh, have some stereotypically masculine traits? Why is that so hard for people to... And this is a weird one as well. The theatre, the Globe Theatre has defended the decision to make Joan of Arc mm. a they-them by saying Shakespeare would have approved. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't have even understood what's yeah. it got to do with him. It's not his play anyway, for and one he, thing. And he clearly, yeah, I mean, the people who wrote the play, these, these historical texts, they were written. So if the person wanted, if anybody who wrote this play wanted it to be uh, they-them, they could have made them... But this is a new play, this is the yeah. point. This is oh, a bit, a but you do play. wonder what they'll do with Henry VI Part One, which has Joan of Arc in it, right. and see what they do to Shakespeare's Joan of Arc. We'll see. Anyway... Uh, we'll try and get one more story, if we can. This is the mirror and a man of principle, uh, Josh. This one's for you. Yeah, this is in the Indian uh, Supreme Court. A man has just won 21 pence <laughs> back from the rail company. 22 years in court. 22 years. He's a lawyer, so he's been able to fight it himself. 22-year legal battle, yeah. He was shortchanged on a buying a train ticket in 1999, and he was finally refunded the tiny sum, plus two decades of interest. That's £2.90. And um, but it's persistence, isn't he, it? But I mean, I kind of respect. He's been over a hundred hearings in connection with this case, and a lot. Of, and in the legal system uh, in India, it can be very delayed when uh, judges go off on holiday and what. So he's he's. But he's like, I'm not giving up. I'm going to get. Well, my I admire pick. the persistence, but you yeah. know, I, shades of Bleak House here, isn't it? I mean, these ideas keeping a thing going for decades. And what for? I think What's it's going to be point? slightly anticlimactic now. We've got to end now, unfortunately, on that note. But uh, thanks for joining us for Headliners. Join us again tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Comedians will be taking you through the next day's papers. Don't miss it. See you then. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.